Just remember, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. To a special place in hell, the podcast where an aging Gen X author and a self-hating millennial activist come together to thoroughly and conclusively solve our culture war problems with our combined wit, wisdom, and most importantly, lived experiences. I am the aging Gen X author, Megan Daum, and with me is the self-hating millennial activist, Sarah Hader. Sarah, I hope our listeners appreciate how hard we work for them. Yeah, yeah. Because we... They don't even know. No, they they have no idea that we we recorded an entire episode uh, that we just didn't think was up to our standards. So we're doing another one right now. Yeah. All over again from scratch. It's yep. um, yet another evening gone. Yeah, it's not even a Friday or a Saturday night. So no. that's kind of weird for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is... Uh, regular any other tuesday yeah i i think we should start with um some relaxation exercises okay always uh, just to get this going um the new york times today is midterm it's election yeah, day as we speak the results yeah. are going to start rolling in they're coming in and our anxiety is through the roof oh my god Sarah, our collective our collective yeah. anxieties through the roof. Um, so the New York Times has given us um, five ways to soothe election stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you ready to try this with me, Megan? Uh, yeah, do I need to like yeah. light a candle or hit a gong? Yeah, just or, um, anything? or like a <laughs> triangle. All, all of okay. Do you have a I'll, triangle? I'll, no, I'll, but I'll, maybe I'll do some sound effects if you want to. Okay. If you okay, sure. so you ready? Mm-hmm. Ding. What's the first thing? Oh, oh come on. Try, try five-finger breathing. This is where you... Uh, okay, I'll, hold on. I have, to, I have to talk in soothing in a soothing tone. Okay. <clears throat> try five-finger breathing. Trace the outside of your hand with your pointer finger. When you trace up, breathe in. And when you trace down, breathe out. Um, what if you don't have five fingers? This is ableist. It's not very inclusive. Mm-hmm. From mm-hmm. the New York Times, I'm surprised. From the New York Times. Uh, okay. The next helpful tip is to cool down. Plunge your face into a bowl with ice water for 15 to 30 seconds. I don't have a sound effect for that. <laughs> <laughs> Clink. <laughs> Um. Wow, that's pl- plunge your face into a bowl <laughs> with ice water, not a bowl ice of water. ice water, but a bowl with ice with- water. Okay, and um, for fifty thirty seconds, that's so long. That's like okay, that is waterboarding. I think mm-hmm. technically, mm-hmm. the New York Times is not only being ableist; it is uh, advocating for waterboarding. What if you have makeup on? It screws up your makeup. What do you have mm-hmm. to do this in the middle of the day? What if I'm in the middle of a work day? I really yeah. need to relax. This is not a good, helpful really, tip. This isn't the kind of thing you can just do from your it's desk. It's sexist. Men yeah. can do it. And really good looking women. <laughs> Men can plunge their face into a <laughs> bowl of ice water for 30 seconds any old time. Mm. Okay. Well, all right. What's next? 
this one items. is this one is uh, boring in comparison. Move. Even a walk around the block can offer some relief for an uzzy, uneasy mind. Okay, then here's I'll a better one. List, but okay, <clears throat> well, right, right. Um, maybe crawl around the block. You can, okay, <laughs> speaking, of cra- speaking of crawling, the next tip is to breathe like a baby. Fo- <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Focus on expanding your belly as you breathe. Is that what babies, do babies do this? I don't Which know. can send more oxygen to the brain. This doesn't sound right to me. So oh. babies, there are they like mindful breathers? They do. I guess so. They come into they... the world understanding breath work. I'm trying to do it. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, okay. Breathe like a baby. It's kind of like sleep like a baby. It's one of those misnomers. Yeah. Like, you yeah, really wouldn't want to sleep like a baby. No. Um, limit your scrolling. Consider plotting out specific times when you will look for election updates. Or be like us and have no idea what's going on no and no plans on finding out now should we look now should we don't have any no i have the new york times uh i have a book tab open here but no that's okay no why why yeah no we'll find out everyone will find out yeah by the time people are hearing this well they could still be counting Mm. (laughs) it's not going to be over for several weeks um, right. There's a lot of panic around all this. I don't feel panicked. Do you feel panicked? I mean, well, after this, after these five ways, mm, I no, I I'm think very I, relaxed. Yeah, but... I, I I didn't do any of them, but um, no, I I you know what I I'm kind of embarrassed to say I just I don't really oh I should I'm not even gonna say it that I don't care. It's not that I don't care. Just... Megan, democracy is on the ballot, and you don't care. I know democracy um, what is it what is up with but um, either way either way democracy is gonna die that's all oh, right that's the right. news from twitter so mm-hmm. um either either way well uh, you know what's not gonna die is uh our our audience our fan base because we had an amazing hangout before we start obsessing more about the election i think we should talk about our incredible founding members hangout the other night yeah, it was it was so I didn't know what to expect. I've never done anything like this before. You've been doing them, Megan, with your podcast. Yeah. Uh, so you're somewhat familiar with how it goes, but I had no idea what to expect. Um, and I was it was uh, such a pleasant surprise. It felt very intimate all of a sudden, even though it was like, I don't know these people. But, you know, I mean, I, I knew some of them, but uh, but. <laughs> You Most mean of them, we I were talking know. about masturbation. <laughs> we were talking about masturbation, and I was like, "This is a very, this is you know, like the third base of you know f- conversations." Really. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you're a founding member, you can go straight to third base with us. <laughs> um, but it was really good, and um, the time just flew by, and I yeah. was the only one drinking. I noticed. Oh, um, I saw some yeah. people drinking. No, no, no. Oh, really? I, really? I saw, I saw I, I didn't. Drinking. I didn't. I didn't see anyone drinking. I was just trying to like surreptitiously drink because I felt very oh. self conscious. But um, it was a little early, right? It was only five p.m. Eastern time. So yeah, but that's. I mean, I go to bed at like eight, so it's fine. Mm. Most days, unless, you know? unless we're recording. Unless we're recording, in which Friday, case Saturday night. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but how did we get on the all the sex talk? Is it because of our relentless discussions of porn? Thanks yeah, to you? there was a lot of yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I, the, well, other well, I don't know how the topic came up, but people were sharing their personal stories, and then it was about the manosphere and then porn, 
and then and then it just stayed on porn that's what we were talking about the whole time and it was really interesting mm-hmm. um i loved hearing from 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 our listeners um who are very who are very intelligent yes and very respectful but really forthcoming <coughs> quite yeah quite candid yeah um, it was great it was a great conversation. So if you want to be a part of the next one, I mean, we're going to be doing these quarterly. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to be a part, you have to be a founding member. You have to pay up. I mean, it's not cheap. We can't, we're not cheap. No. You're going, you you're going to third dinner. base yeah. already. You, gotta, you know, you you're skipping to it. Day. So yeah. Um, okay. But we're not always going to talk about masturbation. I don't want to frighten people away with that. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. can. I mean, Maybe I don't think there's start- much... Well, what else is there to tier. say? <laughs> well, maybe we should actually raise it so there's like super founding members. Uh-huh. And then we can talk about only masturbation with them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll work on mm-hmm. it. It's a it's a process. Um, but yeah, people should become founding members uh, because this podcast is exciting. It's um it's still very new and it's finding its way, but it's really very uh very gratifying to yeah. see so yeah. many people see their faces. It was so nice. Um, okay. What do we have on? Okay. So some of these topics, let's see, they're already old now. Um, these were (laughs) not as old as the topics that we discussed last time that, uh, we both lost our trains of thought over so much that we are scrapping the episode. So, uh, let's see. I mean, do we have more to say on the election or are we just going to keep an eye on it or we're not going to care? We're going to, we're not going to care. We're, we're over it. I mean, okay. we're not over democracy. We do love democracy, but it's over no matter what. So, mm-hmm. or yeah. so Twitter says, and we believe Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, everyone has, I mean, I just, I can't get, I can't use it anymore because I log on and it's just hair on fire. Elon Musk is doing this or is doing that and all this. And I, I can't, there's too much, this it feels like Trump all over again doesn't it oh yeah you know what yes it does and it's for for no reason actually for no reason i feel like i'm missing something i guess that's the feeling it's like what what did he do something that actually matters like is there something i i didn't see and then i feel dumb i I don't think you should feel dumb i think that's the that's mostly the right response to this i mean it's a company that's being you know aggressively taken over by a new boss and you're seeing a lot of dramatic changes, some of which seem not super intelligent, but others seem decent and seem like a good way to shake up the company. But we don't actually, the thing is, is that we don't actually know what's going on. You know, like we, th- this is the weird thing about opining about a company from the outside and especially from like I'm hearing a lot of opinions from people who have no business offering their opinion, who have never worked in a corporate <laughs> no. setting. They, they have no idea what they're talking about. They should their opinions about ep- epidemiology. Okay. <laughs> people should stay right. in their lane. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a way, it's a step up, but it's just it. It, fe- <laughs> it just feels like there's so many people who have a lot of thoughts about Elon Musk's management style, who I who I know have never. They have never themselves been managers or have, you know, even been managed. These are a lot of people without like real jobs. And it's, I don't even, I don't, it, it's so frustrating to, to log in and see just this constant hair on fire behavior. But that's kind of what I expected. I mean, I, I myself tweeted this many months ago, like if, if, you know, the deal goes through and Elon Musk 
becomes the new you know top chief um i expect it'll be in some cultural ways slightly better for my in-group than it will be for my out-group in that general vague sense but other than that not much will change for the user um with the exception of the fact that there's a certain class of people that are going to be on like you know five alarm like like d-day type of you know like hysterical panicking um and that's kind of what we're seeing here. There's some people who are moving to this new social media. Have you heard of it? Mastodon. Mastodon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, did I have not checked that out yet. It I really don't so need confusing. another one. I don't. Oh, have you? Oh, it's like some. It? Yeah, it's like I don't understand it. Frankly, I didn't. I didn't give it. If I can't understand it like instantly, I'm so spoiled by <laughs> by. Uh, like UX designers like that. Oh, I, I want to be able to log in and know what's going on instantly. And that, that is not what the case with well, Mastodon. Pretty, I think it's like independent expectation. There's all these like little servers, um, independent little servers. And you, I don't know, host a server or join a server. I don't know what exactly you do, um, but it doesn't feel like it can possibly be a Twitter replacement. I mean, it's a, just a different tool. Um, it's a different way of communicating. So I, I you know, I I think people want an alternative, but that doesn't seem like an alternative. I think there's just like this temporary interest um, in something new, but people will go back. It's like, remember when, when G Plus rolled around for a little while and everybody did it? What? Do you remember this? What's like that? Google, oh, Google Plus. Oh, yeah. You remember that? I think I did that. Yeah, yeah. Like, and we all wanted out of Facebook Right. And then here's Google Plus, and it was so great. And then everybody did it for like five days, and yeah. then left, you know, and then died. Yeah, got it. And like it erased itself from our brains. Yeah, I yeah. thought of it once since then. Yeah, yeah. I think Mastodon is going to be like an even worse version because it's so it's actually it functions in such a different way than Twitter that it can can't possibly hold people's attention for a very long time. Right. Um, yeah, so we're not going to see it happen. But, it, you know, I, I have no – I can say with some certainty that I am very uncertain about <laughs> what's about to happen in Twitter. I feel like Elon is very much a dynamic, uh, wild kind of a person. Um, I have no idea where he's about to take this platform. I, you know, I hope to good places, but – yeah. Meh. You know, it's yeah. funny you say he's a wild, what did you just say? A wild, dynamic kind of person. Because mm-hmm. um, I have met him in person and spent time with him in person. Because years yes. ago, um, I think it was like 2014, I profiled him for Vogue magazine of all places. And I sort of followed him around over the course of a couple of weeks. Um, you know, not steadily for for weeks, but um, on and off. And he's so, he's very just um, quiet and soft-spoken and doesn't say very much, at least not, not to me. Um, and it was, uh, he was just seemed to be, he, he's the opposite of like some kind of zany, you know, hyperactive tech bro there, of, you know, that is a certain type, you know, he's definitely not that. Mm-hmm. Um if anything, he has this sort of bland quality, actually. Like, he just has really? this, like, he, like oh, yeah, like, his physical presence. It's, like, something about the his coloring and his hair coloring. And he just sort of, like, fades into the background. You know, there was a... Uh, the, there, I remember there was talk that he 
had been um, the the model, the the real Tony Stark, right? The uh, mm. the Playboy tech entrepreneur uh, who was the alter ego of of Iron Man. So mm-hmm. like that they would talk about that, or they would compare him to Christian Grey from Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh-huh. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, but you know it was. Um, so let's see, how did I? Uh, I went to the uh, SpaceX uh, factory. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one. So, you know, when you do a profile of somebody, you have to have like different kind of scenes, right? This is all very engineered. I mean, a celebrity profile is pretty transactional. Uh, so we had arranged for me to go to the, the SpaceX uh, plant and tour that with him and uh walked around with him there and it was like incredible well first of all i loved it because i got there and um there was a parking space with my name on it and it said like spacex and then megan down (laughs) so like oh that that was very cool uh so but it was just like this incredible um just the way that the that the the place looked and just i remember like the glass doors and all the glass in the lobby was so spotlessly clean um, and every, just literally like every few minutes, some sort of ninja, like, um, cleaning person would come and spray and wipe down the glass again. So, so we just <laughs> never have a chance to get messed up. Um, and so, yeah, we, you know, we walked around on the floor and, um, I saw a 3d printer for the first time. Uh, and he was nice enough, but, you know, we talked about, we had very earnest conversation about how he was going to go to Mars and, uh, you know, he was saying, well, at this point it would, it should take, uh, you know, I, I, it should take a few years, but my goal is to get it down to, um, you know, a, a three to six month journey, uh, to Mars. So he was working wow. on that very earnestly. Um, uh, yeah. And then, and I, that's, yeah. that's kind of what makes me a little sad about all this, because I feel like he, Elon has like this obsession to go to Mars can do humanity a lot of good, you know? And, and I, I, I believe in him in the, in the sense that I, I think he's a guy, you know, if there's one guy who can take us there, he's somebody who, who shows a lot of promise and, you know, is this going to be a huge distraction? Um, And can he, is he the right guy to handle something like, social media you know like a company that builds that that engineers a physical product with a very specific goal um is a very different company and requires a different set of skills from its management than something like twitter that is kind of you know i feel like you need to understand humanity a little bit um Mm. you know and i not that not to say i don't believe that he can do it i I wouldn't be shocked if he could and I'm hopeful and optimistic that he, that he can, you know, achieve something great here, but I'm, you know, I don't think those skills are necessarily the same. And so I, I hope it works out, you know? Yeah. But so, so this was how many years ago? Can you remind me? Well, it was, uh, it was 2014. So I guess that was eight years ago. Okay. Uh, So he was still like, he was himself. He was, he was the yeah. person he is now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, I think he was like in the sort of on again, off again, divorce proceedings with 
uh, who was the wife? Um, yeah, there's uh, an actress that he was dating for right, a while. Exactly. Yeah, I forget um, her name, but she was in Westworld. She's very yes. beautiful. Yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he was fine. It was funny. It's I, <laughs> I was for a while. I was doing a lot of celebrity profiles for Vogue because that was it paid a lot. That was really one of the last magazine gigs that paid like really a lot of money. Um, and I was on the sort of billionaire beat. Like I also did a profile of Sean Parker. Uh, Ooh. Who, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, founder of Napster and, and other things. And he was great. He was like a great person to profile because just extremely animated and sort of uncensored and just very, very personable. But um, Elon, yeah, you know, I mean, I talked, I, I, I talked with his ex-wife, Justine Musk. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sat down and had uh, lunch together and she was very nice. At that time, he had five kids with Justine, a set of twins and a set of triplets and all boys. And I don't know how many people know this. They had had a, a baby, um, a, a first baby that, that died of SIDS, that died in a, a oh sudden infant death syndrome related incident. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, it was really tragic. Like the baby, yeah. he was, um, he didn't die right away. He was on life support for like three days. And so they had to oh make the God. decision. Oh my God. Yeah. He was 10 weeks old. Yeah. It was really, really, really devastating. Yeah. So they had this devastating loss and, they wanted to get pregnant right away, at least Justine did. So uh, she did fertility treatments and ended up having a set of twins and then I, later a set of triplets. All wow. Boys. Wow, triplets. Mm-hmm. Sounds horrible. Yeah. Horrible, like a nightmare. I think they have some help, probably. So. No, but triplets in your own body. I mean, it just... Yeah. it, it Like I having know. them... I, I, I'm sure they once they have them... They have the nannies, they have what they need, but the pregnancy, I couldn't imagine. I know. And Justine's a very, you know, slender, glamorous LA woman. So, yeah. And now he has, how many kids does he have now? Like, I don't it, know. Are these there's no, there's no point in, yeah. <laughs> there's no to, point in trying, trying to, to populate the world with his genius autistic mm-hmm. seed. If, if you were uh, a woman getting up there in years and you were unpartnered and you really wanted to have a child, you could do a lot worse than I would get- definitely do it. Yeah. I, I, I'm 37. There's no partner in sight. I want to have kids. Elon Musk offers. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think that's a great deal actually. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So yeah, he was, he was good. It was certainly not the, not the worst celebrity profile I've ever had to do. The men are so much easier to profile than the women. Oh my God. Oh really? Why? Oh yeah. Because the women obsess over everything. And if you're not completely flattering, they get, they get crazy. And, and again, these are not, this is not real journalism. This is a Mm -hmm. Vogue profile. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so much of it is ginned up by the editor and like, however they want the story to be framed and there has to be some kind of tension. Right. So like, even if, if it's a fawning profile, there has to be some kind of like, well, her career hangs in the balance as she enters this new phase. Can she, you know, will she succeed? The men are not as boring. And that may be a function of like what kind of man Vogue would profile. Mm. Uh, So, you know, they're Mm. not, it's, if you're a, 
glamorous woman movie star you're gonna get profiled in vogue no matter what but i, I would assume like you know that for them to profile a man there has to be sort of some reason to do it yeah so uh yeah there was elon and then uh sean parker was was fantastic but um yeah i so but would you want to live on mars or even go there no no well i might want to go there actually i might want to go there i would definitely go like i i've, I've actually thought about this I had a really, really like I had a very this morning and <laughs> not not this morning but I've had like conversations like very stoned conversations about <laughs> about like you know if we were like you know on, on, on interstellar where there's you know a dad uh earth yeah. is you know dust now there's a dust bowl there's no food that can grow on earth so they need to find another planet and this dad decides to to just you know ship off into space i mean it's a wonderful i, I mean this is a terrible synopsis of, of oh this. i love that movie <laughs> it's a great movie it's a great yeah. movie the soundtrack is great i love it um uh i love matthew mcconaughey i just really yeah yeah maybe because he's from texas he has a nice little texan accent i don't know i love him to be incredibly stupid it i can't believe that Oh, you can't? I mean, he's such a good actor. Him. I feel like you have to be in, rather intelligent to be able to I don't. Pull is it he off. really no? a good actor? I feel like I think he so. stumbled upon something that resembles good acting when he realized he could play kind of like Billy Bob Thornton light sort of characters. Like he kind of mm, yeah. figured well, out no, that he could no, slur no. his speech. I don't know. I feel like he's, um, I feel like he's doing an impression of good acting. <sighs> Oh no, but, no. Okay, no. I, I think to... I think he's no, no, because because Dallas Buyers Club that was really that was good. I know, but that was like, uh, yeah, it was. But you could you could say so that about like, anyone. You could say that about you know Leo. Know. You could say he's just yeah. I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I yeah. thought I thought Interstellar was good. I thought True Detective was very good. I've started to go th- to see things because. Matthew McConaughey's like oh in, so in is them. he like your guy no no physically no okay no I don't like his I don't know something about I don't know curly blonde hair doesn't mm. okay not to say I mean I'm sure it could work on some people I don't know I don't <laughs> think? think he's uh, he, it doesn't mm-mm. okay it doesn't but work you, for all me. right so you so you uh, respect him for his acting anyway okay so you would live you would visit Mars I think I would I would do the initial, like, if, if there was, like, no one else and you needed people to go to Mars just to see if humanity could survive on Mars, I would do it. But oh. not for fun, because that doesn't sound fun at all. So I wouldn't do it for leasure, but I would do it, you know, I, I, I would do out it. Of, to, out of to, obligation. Uh, out of obligation, mm-hmm. yeah, I would do it. I would definitely do it. Wow. But, but that's the only instance. Yeah, yeah. You would think would I, you go to Mars? Well, look, I I, I won't go to Hawaii. So let's, like, <laughs> why let's, not? Let's be realistic about who we're talking to. I never go anywhere. I have a very it's hard right time there. going. On it's like it's like an hour away from you. Mars, just, Hawaii. You just hop oh. on a little flight from, <laughs> from California. Yeah, it's, it's like six, right there. It's, it's six hours, but yeah, you could you could see it from your backyard. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like going on vacation. I would go to Mars if it was like a really great speaking event. Because that's the only way I'll go anywhere. If somebody's paying for it Mm -hmm. and I get to like get on a stage and talk. 
and then go out to dinner afterwards and then go to a hotel. Oh, man. That's how I like to travel. I I do a lot more of that kind of travel now, but when I was when I was a young woman, I I did the I did the traveling thing and it was awesome. I had a fun couple of years. And I would def- I definitely want one of those retirements where, you know, you don't you don't really live any particular place. Oh. I I heard of this couple that this old couple that on their retirement they bought some kind of ticket that you can get with some airline. I don't know. I don't even know if they offer this anymore, but some some airline had a deal that you could if you pay ten thousand dollars for you you could get some kind of uh like membership where you could you could get as many tickets as you wanted for that year and you'd pay like ten thousand per year hmm. and you could have as many flights as you wanted anywhere in the world um and you could it, and it, it and it was it was like a buffet but for anyway you had to pay ten thousand okay and the this uh man and woman they you know when they retired they were like this is what we're gonna do. And we're going to do it for many, many years. And they went all over the world. They spent, you know, months in Paris and then Thailand, all, the, all these different places. Like they were just, and I, I thought this is what, this is a goal for me. This is what I want. This is what yeah. I, I want to retire and I'm going to just get out of town. That's a good idea. If you can do it in style, if you can, if you don't have to stay in like hostels that kind of well, thing. I mean if you're if you're actually going to interesting places you don't have to I mean if you're if it's not Paris you know if it's like some other town in 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 France you could probably afford it um right right you know or like anywhere Southeast Asia yeah sure you can afford that Latin America you can afford it yeah you can stay in a nice place there yeah yeah it might be cheaper you might save money then what do you mean then living yeah, yeah, I, I know somebody yeah. who makes who makes American dollars, lives in the Philippines, you know, oh, yeah. and spends like like no money at all, and but lives in like great luxury there, and has like money you know save saving up in his bank account. And that is so a good life. That. Like, does he have friends there? Does he have a yeah, life? Yeah, does yeah. he feel at home there? He has he has like family connections there, so it mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Yeah, I, I I like the idea of traveling around in retirement. Except you can't have a dog, so I'm not sure I could handle. Is that it. the is that the yeah, the limit? So you can't. Yeah, that's kind mm. of the problem with me. Every with mm. everything. Yeah. Um. So anyway, all right. Well, Mars. I guess it would be hard to bring your dog as an emotional. Yeah. How are you going to bring Hugo to? Yeah. On to to Mars would be like, well, he know, would hate it. He's going to sense if I. I'm about to have a seizure. Oh yeah, he'd hate it. Look, but it's look, he lives in Los Angeles, so that's bad enough. He'd probably be mm. like, Oh, this is better. <laughs> this isn't quite as dry. <laughs> um Okay, where yeah. we have just wandered off. Um, yes, yes. Okay. So that's Twitter, Elon, Elon Musk. Twitter. I don't know. So we'll see what he does. I have I, I I'm not hysterical about this. Uh, again, you know, I, I, I worry that I'm missing something, but I don't you're think not, so. you're not, this is outrageous. It's like, I mean, it's not outrageous, it's just stupid and predictable, really. Like I knew it would happen. I knew they would do it. And now he's turning into, it just annoys me that a lot of people predicted this. Um, you know, Mike Solana, I read pirate wires uh, on Substack and he was just basically like, you know, when this happens, he, he said he worries about Elon Musk, like he will turn into the devil. And they will mm. just gun for him immediately, and that's it. I mean, that that's what's yeah. happening, and it's um, whatever. What do you think it's uh, going to do to his stocks, his Tesla stock value, all that kind of I thing? I couldn't, I couldn't tell you 
anything that makes any kind of sense. Okay. I have, what what are stocks? What <laughs> um what I know people but, who have put their entire life savings into Tesla stocks. It's probably a good bet. Just saying. In the long run, it's probably a very good bet. Yeah. Really? Okay. I think so. I mean, like look, I just said what are stocks, right? So <laughs> t- take it with <laughs> Um, uh, take it with a grain of salt but yeah okay so let's move on to things that we might know a little bit more about how about mm, that okay uh, for a change uh, <laughs> <laughs> is this the time to talk about crop tops okay. that sounds like something we know about All right. always steering the conversation <laughs> back to something you know about so there was another hard hitting story in the New York Times uh, recently uh, about the subject of uh, office attire uh, especially crop tops on women. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. uh, wonder what you what you make of that. Uh, so many thoughts. Wow. Uh, just uh, you know, sometimes I I really th- I really think that they they come out with pieces like this because they know it'll trigger people, and they choose the pictures because they know some people are going to react badly and give them clicks. And they want them. And I, th- I think there's some, yeah. like, they're very savvy about this. And this is definitely the kind of piece that somebody wrote with us in mind. Like, you know, they're going to hate it. <laughs> Sarah and Megan specifically. They are going to hate That's a good it. Bodes well for um, our podcast. Yeah. So this was, um, it was focused around one young woman in particular. Was it not? Yeah, this poor, this poor woman. I feel bad for her now because she doesn't, you know, she doesn't seem like she deserves this but maybe she does you know she's wearing crop tops to work she's probably got her own podcast oh please okay she graduated from she graduated with a degree in political science so and she's working as a paralegal so she's not what is she doing like this is not the right okay so so what the piece is here's what the piece the piece is about wearing crop tops to work you know uh Mm -hmm. And I think it touches on a broader conversation, although it is a an extremely superficial piece, as it sounds. It touches on the conversation of like what is or isn't appropriate workwear, um, and how you know um, the those younger kids they're just they're not having it, and they are doing all kinds of inappropriate things at the office, like wearing flip flops, wearing are the are the men dressing inappropriately also, or is it yeah just I wonder. Women? Like yeah, I mean, this thing. goes back to this question of like, uh, you know, policing women's bodies and all this kind of thing, and especially with respect to the office. Now, again, I have somebody who, I, you know, I, actually, I, you know, what I have worked in a fair share of offices. I spent most of my twenties temping in offices, so I worked in all kinds of offices. Like, I would go for a week here, a week there, a month here, a month there kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, I was familiar with a range of office cultures. And, you know, the fact is that women have far more freedom in how they dress than men do in uh, corporate settings. And the idea that we're being policed, I, I think it's a stretch. Uh, women can wear, uh, you can wear pants and a blouse. You can wear a sundress. You can wear a sleeveless dress. You can wear a sweater. Uh, you could wear jeans in some offices, and so can men. Okay, fair enough. But it's like I think uh, women just complain a lot more about this. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not if you're not able to express your personal like style, 
on every occasion everywhere. Like, men don't whine about it. Women do. Or at least some women do. I, I never whined about it. I feel like, yeah, you know, I mean, who, who I don't, I don't understand the kind of person who, who feels an, I mean, it's, it's a sense of like, I need to be myself everywhere. Right. And my express it. Yeah. My yeah. whole self. You bring and, your whole self to work. And it's dishonest really to be anything else or to do anything else. And I, I just feel like it's not how, you know, life is. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand wearing a crop top. I mean, there's so much about it. That's, you don't want to happen at work. You're sitting down all day. You're sitting down. So your stomach is just what <laughs> folded yeah, up. Like what's really going confident. on? Yeah, exactly. Um, or you have to have like high waist, like your pants have to go way up in order to cover, you know, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like there's just, yeah. it's, it's a very, it's gross. Why would you want to do this and show everyone this at work? And then. You know, and then and then get hit on by the creepy old dudes. Like, don't don't do that. Yeah, but like, that's don't... great because then you can uh, complain to HR, and then you uh, have a whole activity. It's <laughs> great. You can, you can uh, wear a crop top. You can get hit on by a creepy old guy. You can bring it to HR. You can get him fired. You can be a hero. Uh, it's it, why it's a win win. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I wonder too, like this whole idea of bringing your whole self to work. You know, I, I've talked with Jennifer Say, uh, who is famously the chief marketing officer of Levi's. She was in line to be the CEO and she started tweeting about uh, COVID uh, policies and lockdowns and school closures in particular in San Francisco. And she ended up getting pushed out by Levi's because she was doing this and the woke branding of the company was not aligning with her mm -hmm. uh, COVID uh, expressions. And she has talked a lot about this kind of double speak when corporations like that say, we want you to bring your whole self to work and you can dress how you want and it's fine. You can have a piercings and tattoos and everything. But you know, her point is, well, apparently not when you're not allowed to speak your mind. Uh, so I don't know. I, again, I have not worked in an office since any of this culture war stuff was in play really at all. Like I worked in offices in the nineties and maybe a little bit into the two thousands, but I don't know. You, you have a proper job. What do you think of people bringing their whole self to work? Luckily I work from home. Um, I would not like it if, you know, I just, it's not that I think you need to be like super formal or anything. Just it's the line I draw is if it gets to be too almost overtly sexual. So whatever the norms yeah. of the society are, I mean, it, I'm not here to police like whether those norms are in the right place, but just that they exist. And then things beyond this point can be a little bit provocative for people. So just you're not here to be yourself. You know, you're here. You're you're here to work and to produce something like that's why I hired you. And I would just, uh, yeah, I, I would prefer I, more leaning towards professionalism, but I don't see it in young people anymore. I can't remember the last time I saw a young person at any kind of work event or anything where they were, they impressed me by, by, you know, keeping it together. Wait, um, what? Nobody? What do you mean? Yeah. I mean, no, no. I mean, you but I'm also in the nonprofit world. It's a very different, <laughs> but wait a second. it's in a wait, different environment. You're saying you have not seen a young person in a work setting do anything impressive impressive no 
No, like I mean, in the sense of uh, professional outfits, like they're not going out of their way to be like super appropriate. It's oh, always okay. like you know you're what I mean. Like the, their, you're not talking about their their work. Oh no behavior. no 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 you're no, talking no. About their outfits. work okay. behavior. You know, yeah. I definitely definitely nail yeah. impressive young people from that perspective. But there's there's just not a sense of like I have to conform to this or I should have to conform to this, um, or even and I and of course that that makes sense. But these rules don't exist because people like to oppress you. It's because, you know, there's one, there's limits of what is or isn't distracting in the workplace and people are here to work. So don't distract them, you know, like, (laughs) and I think that's, that's, that's a fine and appropriate rule. There's also something to be said about the culture it creates in a workplace when people are expected to look you know like somewhat like behave in a similar way and have the similar shared kind of culture um you know i i think that's that can be kind of important i think there are some arbitrary rules that probably don't belong but um then there's some like crop tops that you know i mean what's what's next i don't you know well, and I'm thinking like, okay, really short shorts or a short mini skirt. If a woman wore that into the office, there would be a lot of trepidation about um, asking her to cover up. Okay, can you imagine if a man went into the office with really short shorts? I feel like that yeah. would be shut down in a second. Yeah, yeah. Men aren't allowed to complain. They have to. They have to wear what they have to wear. <laughs> and they have to wear. I mean, were we talking about this before? No, I can't. We were talking about we this last this time. We were talking about this last time about yeah. how it okay. was just they get to be really hot in these. Like, I mean, literally hot, not like not sexy. Men, men do in the summer. <laughs> just, yes, yeah, in the summer. Yeah, we get on the subway in the summer wearing a, a jacket and tie. Well, yeah. I don't think anybody wears a tie to work anymore. Who are we kidding? Yeah, that's true. Lawyers, maybe. That's true. But th- but they still have to wear, like, their attire definitely Yeah, is they have to wear more. pants. Yeah. And they have pants. to wear long sleeve shirts often. I mean, mm-hmm. the wor- God forbid they should wear, like, a short sleeve dress shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would get you fired immediately. Talk about that. You'd never get the job. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, yeah. We're, uh, we're being very unfeminist. Well, here. here's, 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 let me just, let's stick to one, one more thing from the piece itself, which I thought was interesting. Um, uh, this, this woman, her name is Santina Rizzi, which is a pretty That's interesting a great name. name. Yeah. Um, so she, she says, I remember one time we had a corporate client coming into the office and my boss specifically approached me the day before. And he was like, please, for the love of God, no crop tops tomorrow. <laughs> but like, well, that's, but this is, this is what's weird about this work culture is that you can't begging, begging? what please. That's how you, that's how you manage. Please. That's a manager like, in action. Yeah. But ju- just tell her to stop. Tell her to, it's not appropriate. Can't do yeah. it. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it? Why are people so afraid of being the adults in the room? People are afraid. They're, people are definitely afraid of, I think, younger millennials and then Zoomers. And Zoomers know it. They all know it. They all know where the but balance why? of power. Okay. Why? Is it because they have technology at their fingertips? What is the reason? that I'm not sure. That? I think it's a, there's, there's, a, comp- there's a, a bunch of cultural trends that are coming together to basically disempower uh, the adults in the, the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like in what? so many okay. different ways. For instance, what? what I mean, I think 
like so like there's digital stuff and me too stuff yeah yeah i mean those those i think they create a climate in which the people at the top of the hierarchies are inherently people that we should find suspicious um and that their job to some degree is to empower the the people at the bottom and then make them feel as if we're all equal even though it's not the case um and i i i mean remember that piece we discussed a long time ago about what's going on in in sort of the the progressive activist space yes, yes. and there was there were so many executive directors that were talking about how the fact that their jobs are now impossible and they're putting out fires all the time. I mean, these are people who are not able to lead. They're not able to put out the fires really properly. They're not able to get their employees in line. Because their hands are tied or they just refuse to? I think because they're a little bit of both. I think for many of these people, they let the the behavior go on for too long. Mm -hmm. And after, at that point... You know, you're just, there's a sense of like, you know, this far, but no more or whatever, you know, like no further. Right. And, and that's not how, that's not how it works. You know, once you encourage, um, this sense of, well, we're all, we're all actually making decisions together. Um, I don't know, you can get into some funny places, but, but there's certainly this suspicion of hierarchy in general, suspicious of people at the chop in general, um, suspicious of kind of the capital capitalist enterprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's always so weird to hear from, you know, like young people who are working at Microsoft and they're talking right. about, you, you know, they're ragging on capitalism. Like, what are you doing? What are you yeah. talking about? You have no idea what you're talking about. Um, right. Yeah. So there is a, they have a sort of moral imperative to not respect older people. And then the older people are also, they also feel as if they have to fall in line with that as well. Like they can't yeah. just, yeah, it's very uncool to say, actually I'm your boss and you need to listen to me. It's, you know, and actually we're a corporation and we are here to make money. So you have to be productive. That's um, uncool. See, that to me sounds very cool. I would yeah, I will. love to say that. And I think I would have, respected somebody who said that to me i'm curious like one thing i think about a lot is the the dynamic of mentors so when i was starting out wanting to be a writer working in publishing all that kind of thing i would i just loved to um if i had any interaction with like somebody who was older somebody who was doing something i wanted to do somebody from you know a couple generations above me like if i could you know, have an audience with somebody like that. It was mm-hmm. just incredible. But mm-hmm. one thing that I've noticed is that there's such a huge divide now between the generations that it's like a younger person. It's not, it's not just that they would have no interest in what I might have to say, but what I have to say just doesn't apply. Mm. So there's really no, no value. I mean, yeah, like what generation would be, do you think, useful to you as a mentor? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I like, I, I definitely think that, so I'm kind of at the cusp where I think Gen X knowledge can still apply. Oh, good. Um, oh, God. But, but it's definitely the case. I think you're right that a little bit younger than, than me, 
suddenly they're in a whole different world. And they're definitely in a whole different social environment that we can't relate to. Um, and we don't understand and they know that we don't understand. Mm. Um, so there's there's something to be said about that digital kind of divide that, you know, it, that their world really looks very different than ours. Right. Um, and they're like you know work landscape will look different you know companies are being run in a very different way tech is moving really fast um yeah i I can i mean i was talking about this with um a family member a little while ago about just the general view that young people have of older people and to some degree like i have of even older people I know to some degree, right? Like there's, I have greater access to knowledge than they do because I know how to use the tools in front of me better than them. You know, mm -hmm. I can find anything on Google they can't. You know, they don't understand how to, like I, I could find out where somebody lives and I could well, take I can a, find can, show out. you a picture. Of, how old are you thinking here? Well, old, older than you, but you're, <laughs> don't, you don't think that you're um, unusually savvy? No, well, no, I'm actually, For, I'm a very late adopter, so I don't use technology hmm. very well, but I guess but you, but you do I, for, I, for your job, you kind right, of have I mean, to exactly. keep I up mean, with as it. A, I, I've been doing like journalism enough that I know how to find out where somebody lives. Right. And also just right. like stalking, like, you know, ex-boyfriends right. and stuff like that. Right. But I, I, I don't, I don't know if that's true of everyone like past a certain age i think that i mean so my mom she doesn't even she doesn't know how to use google right mm -hmm. like and and so she can't there's a whole world i have to explain things to her you know and like sometimes mom, something happens how old is your mom because sometimes i think you're i bet your mom is like my age no no she's not she's I, not she's she's older than you she's uh, definitely older not than you. by much I bet she's not Rob, older well, than me by much but mm, okay I'm trying to work it out she has a wiser she sounds like she's a an old soul. Well, she, um, she she's from a she's an yeah. immigrant too, yes, right? Exactly. So that so that also that automatically you can just add like another ten years or whatever, a <laughs> hundred years. But, yeah. So she doesn't know how to Google something. She doesn't know how to Google. I mean, she's like, not properly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like she doesn't properly know how to access. So you have this like idea of like older people as this, um, you know, fountain of wisdom. You know, and you talk to them yeah. and you get all this information, but. Google knows everything and there's experts on Google that know way more than your local experts. So why go to your boss for advice when you can, mm -hmm. you know, find it on Reddit and you can find some of the best bosses all leaning in and talking about the same thing together, you know, and this, there's this hive mind of information that you can access. I experienced that a lot with, you know, um, having kids and pregnancy and all of that. Like my mom expected, I think for me to be reaching out to her a lot more frequently than I was in terms of like specific information about how to do X or how to do Y with, you know, a little, little baby, mm -hmm. but I had Google, mm. you know, I had mom boards, I had subreddits, I had, you know, all, all Facebook groups specific, you know, like all kinds of, all kinds of tools. And I could get all this information that she had, she had no access to. And so whatever wisdom that she was able to provide me is devalued by virtue of it being, you know, you know, uh, uh, from this one woman, not from this, mm -hmm. you know, great like database of information. So I think there's th th that just builds in this sense of disrespect towards older people. 
um, that I think yeah, is, yeah. it's not, I don't think they're feeling that way on purpose, but I don't know if it's ever happened. Like prior to rapidly advancing technology, older people, people a generation older than you can, could still provide you with a lot of information that would be useful to your yes. life, like yes. directly. And you had no other way of getting it. Like, how right. would you, how would you know about how to feed a, a like a, 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 your kid has colic? How do you know about how to deal with that other than, you know, the older women around you, that's who you yeah. reach out to. And oh, they're, yeah. yeah. So I, I think that that puts you in the position of, you know, uh, you know, almost is like men, mentee to some degree. Um, and you're acknowledging the expertise of someone you're acknowledging, uh, that they have a higher status than you in this respect. I don't know if people feel that way anymore. Yeah. You know, I remember before, the internet, I used to just call somebody if at a question. I mean, I would be writing a piece, like I'd be writing an article and I would need to know something like some statistic or how to get something or something about some medical or science thing I didn't know. And I would just call up somebody who would maybe know. I mean, I would mm-hmm. literally like pick up my landline phone, dial it, mm-hmm. call mm-hmm. somebody at their office or their home or whatever and say, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm researching this. I was wondering if you could tell me this. And they would either tell me or tell me who to call or point me in the right direction or say, I'll have somebody call you back. And this just went on all day. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how inefficient? It's amazing anybody got anything done. Yeah, but but but, but they did. But, and, but it also built... You had a sense of of respect for the knowledge yes. that and, yes those individuals had and held trusting and it the was... information. Well, that's the other thing. And so, I to this day, I think that whenever I Google something to get information, there's a little little bit of a part of me that feels like I'm cheating. Mm-hmm. Like it would own it would really be better if you got this from the source or if you sat down with somebody who's an expert face-to-face and they explained this to you that mm-hmm. would be better mm-hmm. that's yeah. what goes through my mind but it's yeah. probably not true i mean it may or may not be it really depends on who you who you're interacting with but that there's it's definitely the case that younger people don't think of they don't think of asking older people like why would right. you right. you know my my in my my reflex is to look it up mm-hmm. and not to call anyone or ask anyone i wouldn't even think about it I wouldn't wow. even think twice that I, that, that like, of course it's an option, but I, it just not, it wouldn't occur to me that it would be useful. Right. Which is, you know, and it, it, there's, it's almost like a language barrier that there's a, the fluency that younger people have over these kinds of platforms or access to knowledge and access to all this great information. I mean, the, the culture gap between generations is pretty huge past like a certain point yeah and i think it like creates this kind of mutual incomprehensibility almost you know um but another thing that another interesting thing that this conversation yielded with um my family member was just that she was saying about how uh the 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 younger the the young women she knew they when they would find out that somebody wasn't very online like they didn't have an instagram or they didn't have whatever um, they would look down on them like, <laughs> you know, like th- that offline people are boring. Oh like they have God. less 
intellectually interesting lives you know like they're wow. they're not on the cutting edge of anything they don't understand what's happening in the world and so they're not interesting it's almost as if like being online and being connected to this web is like it's like being cosmopolitan you know mm-hmm. it's like being worldly wow and if you're if you connect disconnect yourself you don't have access to this you you of course you're not fashionable you're not on the cutting edge of anything because you're not keeping up you have no idea you know yeah, um, I have more respect for people if they're not online. Like I do too. I do too. So, but I think that takes yeah. a little bit of wisdom to get to that point. And I can understand why this generation that's native to the online space might not intuitively think that way. Right, right. So like if you were single, for instance, and you met somebody in a dating capacity that did not have much of a virtual footprint, would that make you suspect? Suspicious. If I was a young, younger yeah, woman. Yeah, like, we'd be like, oh, I'm like this guy, like, I can't really Google him. He doesn't have an Instagram. I can't tell much about him. I, I think some of things. them do think that way. I don't know yeah. if all of them think that way or many, but I, I definitely get the feeling that they've, they, they find not having an online, some, somewhere, like some Google ability, you know, they, that, that, that that's almost right. a well, red flag. Well, if they don't exist at all, yes, I would say. Yeah, yes. it's like a red but, flag. Right, yeah. Um. But if they're not on any social media or anything like that. Now uh, I would say it's such a, it's a sign of great mental health. Um, yeah. To be able to, and like, and, and to being a, to, if you're a, if you, especially if you're a normal person with like a normal job, you don't, it doesn't require being online. Right. Uh, I think I, re, I highly respect people who can, who can log off, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, all together, you know, and then you have on top of that, these boy geniuses in Silicon Valley that have more money and more status than, you know, it used to be money and status was like with the, the world of old men, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like there were old, yeah, rich, old white, white men, men, you know, and, and so that was also something age granted you like status and power and right. money, you know? And now these little babies without proper beards have more money than uh, mm. some of these old coots. So there, I, mean, I think there's so many different directions and, and technology and the rate of technological change is pushing us uh, that is, you know, making us even more of a society that it, it worships youth. I mean, we, we've touched on it a little bit about young people being like, uh, you know the the uh, being more moral, you know, or having some kind of unblemished morality mm. that they have access to um, within certain kinds of ideologies in in kind of this progressive left space. But there's there's also like what tech does to making you feel like the older generation is just stupid or they just don't mm. have access to all this this knowledge that you do, and therefore. Uh, they're less efficient and less interesting and less whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's a lot to it. Yeah. Oh God. That's how I feel every time I have to buy something that involves like using my phone, like scanning something or scanning the VQ code. And that's what it's called. Right. <laughs> code. So I feel so Q- old. What is it called? The Q code. Q- QR. 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 Code. Oh my God. Exactly. So I in in that moment I don't think there's a moment where I feel older and more humiliated than in those moments when I'm trying to scan the Q code and some waiter or barista or somebody is trying to you know 
be patient with me while I do it. And then they end up just having to take my phone and do it for me. <laughs> and it's so mortifying. Yeah. And it just seems to encapsulate the whole, the whole shebang. And it's, yeah, it's depressing. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know where we're headed. It's a, it's a, it's kind of a weird little break that this generation has like, you know, the past like 30, 30, 40 years where there's just been a sudden boom of, you know, the internet and uh, the, the social media, especially like, but, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. So you maybe were... we're just, maybe this is us being old people and saying, Oh, the younger, you're just, yeah, well, I wonder what it's going to be like for you days. in 20 years. It'd be very interesting. I hope that I'm more of a native than like, because I have grown up with, you know, broadband internet. I always had that really. I remember dial up kind of faintly. And then I had <laughs> you like, had the faint sound of screeching <laughs> modems in your yeah you know, yeah when you I were remember in that. utero you heard this yeah yes. yeah and 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 you know I remember my mother like yelling at me to get off uh, because she needed to use a phone or whatever right. or, or we needed to have the phone I, but that happened that that was like that was I was really really young then and most of my life I've had high speed internet um, accessible all the time and I knew how to use it. Um, and I knew how to use it better than my parents. You know, they couldn't, they could never put child blocks or whatever right. on online. They never knew how to. Right. Um, and if they had, I would have gotten, I, I would have just gotten past it, you know? Yeah. To some degree that's going, I think that is going to happen to, you know, every generation following, given the rate of, of change in technology, if, unless it slows, we're going to have the same pattern repeating generation after generation where you're just like mutually incomprehensible really mm. wow all right well i really i just feel so lucky to be the generation i am i have to say um getting old sucks but it's the, it's a consolation that i kind of mm. that i grew up when i did i know i mm -hmm. said that ad nauseum but no i i, I think you're i think you're right i wish i had grown up in a different time for sure yeah. I mean, I'm glad I'm not a baby boomer and I'm glad I'm not a millennial because I really think I just had hit I think Zoomers have it the worst. I'm yeah. I'm glad I'm not a Zoomer. Uh, I just feel like it just gets it just keeps getting worse. It keeps getting more bleak. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, they're all <laughs> yeah, I can see why they have such a mental health crisis. How could they not? Yeah. Yeah. They're they're not we're not wired to uh to be this way. I mean, this is what Jonathan Haidt talks about, right? We're just not our brains are not wired to keep up with the pace with the digital landscape it's like trying to feed alien food into humans or something mm -hmm. yeah all right well uh what else do we have how long have we been going on i feel like we've been going on for a while haven't um we? we've been going on well our what our audience doesn't know is we had a, a technical crash so we, we're now we have two different files so we've probably been going on um an hour i'd say um so okay we could probably add like one more thing yeah we? what do they want to hear do they want to hear what do about... they want to hear it's not about yeah, them I mean, it's about what we want to talk about they want to hear about masturbation definitely but we'll save that for the bonus if if at all um yeah there was an interesting thread um about something we never talk about which is uh gender ideology mm -hmm. if you wanted to touch on that yeah, yeah. It was um, from now. I don't know. Should I should I disclose who this was 
who well, this is from because I don't know. I, I don't, don't, don't want to give them negative. F- f- I don't want to get anybody doxxed. But it was a very thoughtful kind of point. Yeah, decent thread. following. Seventeen thousand followers. Oh yeah, that's, that's fucker. That's yeah, public. just yeah. Hang her out to dry. Well, I, I actually don't even know if this is a she. Um, oh, Casey right. Miller. Um, that handle is at Casey Miller one two two five. Um. You don't have this to say that. I don't? Okay, we can just <laughs> no. cut this part out. We can beep. cut that part out. Okay, okay. beep. Okay, we'll just beep over it. Um, well, I thought we were trying to I thought we were trying to credit them. I know. Well, I'm saying I know, but I don't know if we need to give away her whole hint. Whatever, it's fine. Okay, it's okay. Fine. okay. Yeah, they, they have a substack. Or, they have a substack. Or, or them, whoever they are. Okay. They them. Okay. I think they're they them. Um but I'm not sure actually. So it, this is somebody who's kind of I don't know if they're detransing, but I saw them. They I I saw them trend a while back uh, when there was. A, do you remember that there was a a video of of this young person who looked like kind of a balding dude, and oh, was yes. saying that this is what uh, such and such years of testosterone. Like, yeah. This is what testosterone does. That was to... like a week ago, Sarah. But I know it feels. Was like it? No. Ago. Yeah, it was like. Oh my two gosh, weeks ago. was it? No, no. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, anyway, not, it was not. Well, it, I don't know. It was, I saw it was like it a month a ago. ago. It was a okay. while ago. Okay. okay. Um, but uh, yeah. So this person, um, what it kind of went went viral, I think, like with that with that video where they were they were just talking about they were a biological female that had taken um, testosterone for some time, and they were just kind of showing, look, this is what testosterone does to a biological female in like a very short span of time. Um, and you know, I'm just using they, but maybe she, I don't know. Cause I don't know if they are back. They're fully detransitioning because I think okay. I, I think I remember something about how they were saying that they don't see a way that they could easily detransition and look like a biological female and like not upset women in the restroom and mm. things like that. Oh and it's, it's so, isn't that right. funny? Like I've, I've, I've seen multiple people say this like that that they were concerned about not scaring women in bathrooms and all of them were biological female who were (laughs) females who were detransing you know and they they felt that they were too masculine sounding and they were concerned about how they would make other women feel which i was like this is this is this this is such a a woman thing to do anyway. In the meantime, <laughs> to the, uh, about this. the trans women uh, don't care. They'll just yeah. With the trans women with them. yeah, extremely deep voices, six foot five and broad shoulders. That they, they will just yeah yeah walk right in, waltz yeah. right in, and um, yeah, yeah. So this so, uh, this person yeah. Well, I think okay, you're right. It's K C Miller. It's so it's initials K C. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. right, and so this was this thread was about um, talking to their mother about um, how the mother really was just, was, you know, I don't know, facilitating the transition, but um, affirming it, accepting it because that's what the kid wanted. And there would really have been no way to talk the kid out of it. That's the point this person is making. Yeah. This person says that, you know, they got into an argument and uh, with their mom about the, transition and and she just the mom says i just gave you what you wanted and they acknowledge that yeah which i get i did want to transition but now i regret it and that's been the response from many people for many things you know all i did was give you what you wanted 
Um, and they say, I feel torn. I felt like I wanted it, but looking back, that wasn't the actual issue. I can't speak for others, but I guess I did get what I wished for. I don't know who else to blame. I don't want to blame anyone, but I know I didn't do this, any of this on my own. Am I fully responsible for this? These accusations aimed at myself haunt me. Um, then again, some of my thoughts deviate from reality and I have been known to act against my best interests. So maybe I'm not the best judge of these kinds of things. Maybe I never was. Maybe none of us ever were. Oh, uh, yeah. Which was such a. Going. Yeah. And Eliza Mondragon, uh, who's been very vocal in this space, she had some replies. She said, yes, you wanted it at the time, but you were a child who had been made impossible promises about transition and you could not have done this alone Doctors who take an oath to do no harm break that oath every time they offer a young patient gender-affirming care. It sounds like you were going through a very hard time and needed a way to make sense of it and find a way forward. Transition seemed to provide that. But if you had been given enough time and space and support to explore what was going under, on underneath, uh, you would maybe have done something different. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's. I, I have these thoughts about really minor things you think about growing up like oh why did I do that like my parents wanted me to do that or you know my parents let me do something that was stupid so but can I blame them because I would have made their life hell if they hadn't let me do it kind of thing yeah yeah <sighs> it makes me think that I wouldn't want to be a parent in this <laughs> climate at all okay. like you know what I mean like I mean unfortunately yeah. I am but I hope it blows over by the time mm. Well, you know, we, we, I we have better, to deal with better this, get but... on the job. Yeah. Yeah. The clock is ticking. Yeah. I mean, and so many of these kids, they're so insistent. We've seen this. I've I mean, not it. just they're insistent. They're, they, they're, they have been, they're, they're trained to yeah. gaslight everyone around them. They are told what to do. They, you know, that, there's almost instructions that you can oh, yeah, easily find on any trans yes. forum, on any, on, on Tumblr, everywhere. Here's what you need to do. You need to go to your parents and you need to say, I am going to die. You know, I'm, I'm going kill to kill myself, myself unless uh, I am given this life affirming care. And I've always been trans and now you need to refer to me this way. And these are my rights and blah, blah, blah. I mean, and there's, it's such a hostile way that they train you to, to view your own family and friends as you know and especially your parents as these are the people who are going to get away get get in the way of you and your happiness and yeah. you need to treat them with suspicion and their care you know and any kind of hesitation that they have about this is a sign of their innate bigotry against trans people um and you need to push past it as much as possible and here are the buttons that you need to push and so there's so many i mean there's so many parents i every time i bring up this just child transition issue there are always replies about people who talk about the suicide rates you know and what are they going to do they're going to kill themselves if i don't go along with it, they'll kill we have to let them do this because here's and i mean i don't know how many people know this but this is it is a far from you know honest and true picture of what's going oh, on yeah no that's not um, the suicide thing is just not true simply not yeah true. yeah and it's it's not true for many different reasons i mean there's to the extent that that they have mental health issues it's like a lot of these people also have a lot of other 
you know, uh, disorders, um, depression, anxieties, a lot of other things. And the way that the trans activists say is that they have all these problems because they're trans, you know, like because they're not allowed to be openly uh, uh, trans women or trans men or trans girls and trans guys in this case. um, That's why they have these uh, these thoughts, Um, you know, but many of them are suicidal and have have depression and have emotional problems before and they continue to have them after some other some of them are just hormonal teenagers yeah and also suicidal ideation is not the same as suicide attempt or even being quote-unquote suicidal all these things get jumbled up and it's really really hard to tease them apart uh without getting accused of not caring but But ultimately i mean this is a the, the climate creates this this idea we're all repeating this thing over and over again this mantra of if you don't do this they will kill themselves which is not true but the more you say it the more you repeat it the more that even a child accepts it as true and their own mind warps into you know i mean there's so much of i mean i've been reading a lot about this um for for a long time about just how socially influenced uh, you know, disorders of the mind can be. And there is like, there is such a thing as encouraging suicide by saying, if this doesn't happen, I know you're going to kill yourself. Aren't you going to kill yourself? You're mm. going to kill yourself. You know, and if you, they're very young and people, they'll think, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I will. I will have to, I will have to kill myself. Oh, God. Yeah, you know, and there's, yeah. it's so, it's so cruel to do this to young people and to put them in this position to put parents in this position, I, I don't, you know, I mean, I, I feel like there's there's just such a trail of victims here, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, parents who are going to be blackmailed into really destroying their bodies of their own children. Uh, children who don't know any better and who blackmail their parents, gaslight their parents into right. into doing something incredibly harmful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can... And there are parents who will put their kids in a psychiatric hold if they think they're going to hurt themselves. I mean, you do hear about that. And in some, you know, I, and I'm sure there have been cases where the kid is dangerously close to starting medical transition or something like that. And the parents are so afraid uh, that they do take that kind of measure if it's allowable in their state. Yeah. I don't think it's allowable. Yeah. Well, that's not, I mean, I certainly know parents who put their kids in psychiatric holds if they feel that they're out of control. Out of control, but yeah, but increasingly that's, that's no longer like the gender stuff is no longer a something you can, you can. No, not that, not that, but I'm just using that as an example. Like it's possible a a parent can get so desperate and scared that they take that kind of measure. So if that lever is not available to pull uh, with a gender situation, then what do you do what do you do and then certainly you know putting someone in a psychiatric ward is a last resort anyway i I remember abigail schreier was talking about i think i think i think she recommended in her book that i don't remember it's been so long since i've looked at it but she she recommended that you just you have to move you know like you have to move and you have to get your kid offline Um, (laughs) good luck get them yeah get them away from there if they're if their social networks where they are are encouraging this and that that very well could be the case you need to get them you can physically just get out just and this is what you must do to save your child um yeah i would probably move to like if, if this was facing me i would 
I would move. I would change. I would get them homeschool or yeah, move, move somewhere where I think that they're going to be separate from that kind of social environment because so much of this is, especially with young girls, this is a social contagion for sure. Um, And I need to get them away from the kind of uh, environment that will encourage it, encourage it. Um, So no more Tumblr, no more Twitter. It's so hard though, because can you imagine if we were talking this way about gay kids? This is the way that parents talked about gay kids not so long ago. This is the way that parents talk about everything. I mean, you can make that, you know, like any any harmful influence you can, I want to get my kid away from these drug addicts. How it sounds, how it sounds to somebody who either doesn't follow the issue closely or genuinely believes that their kid's dysphoria is best treated this way. It's like, I mean, what you just said, it's perfectly, it's, it's perfectly reasonable but it's also you can see how it would land um, in a really negative way for a lot of people. So, but that speaks to the, what we're exactly talking about. This is um, you're you're really between a rock and a hard place. But what people don't it, it, those actions are only bad. I mean, they're highly contextual, right? Like we put people like what you were saying about a psychiatric hold. Like sometimes, sometimes that's a right thing to do for a person, and sometimes that's an oppressive thing to do up to a person, and it depends on what is actually going on. And we as a society now feel that being gay is not a correct reason, a good reason, a moral reason for doing that to somebody. Um, And we don't know how to feel about the trans issue. Um, We don't perfectly understand it. And I think a lot of the average lay person doesn't understand it at all. Um, And they presume that it is a lot like being gay. Um, And unfortunately, even that term, you know, conversion therapy is so it's so destructive to the extent that we have to resist this like this kind of child transition you have to change we have to go with different terminology we can't allow this to be you know to say that we are for conversion therapy because that's not what's happening it's not a conversion at all if if you understand gender to be something different than what they understand it to be. You know, they understand it to be like a soul, an innate thing. So yeah. to make somebody non-trans is to convert them in some, you know, right. to, in a way that you would with, with, with a gay person. But if you don't understand being trans as such a, you know, uh, hard, innate, unmovable thing, then different options. Then it's not conversion therapy, you know. Right, but they're gonna say it's just therapy. <laughs> but they're gonna say that there are people who don't um, acknowledge gay as a real thing. They think it's a choice. They think it's a lifestyle. Yeah. So yeah. no, they're always gonna. Yeah, there's, there's many, many. But that, ways that's true of any. This. That's true right. of anything. You can you can right. make anything an identity and then say attempts to change this person's mind is a form of conversion therapy. You know, that's a move you can pull in every, you know, in every scenario that doesn't make it right in every scenario. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we don't take anorexics and tell them, okay, we're going to, you can be on this diet because who am I to question your lived experience? No. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I think we talk about this a lot. You were saying earlier that you think we just like walk up to it and start talking about it and then say, we're not going to talk about it because we already talk about it too much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but this was, this, this was a little bit more. We gave yeah, a little bit more. I, we yeah. Moments, it's so, um, yeah, we've said it before. It's just so fascinating. It's just, it just encapsulates so many things. 
It's really it's sad. It makes abiotic. me terribly sad when I yeah. see some of these D-trans folks, like these young people who are now dealing with, I mean, all of the issues that they that led them to transition in the first place, right? Like they were dealing with all these problems, sometimes abuse, sometimes mental health issues, sometimes not fitting in, just normal teenage problems, whatever. And now they have compounded that with a whole host of other problems. And we don't, we have no idea what we've done to them. You know, they have, they have no idea what they've done to their bodies. Doctors don't know, like, this is just an experiment that we're, that we're playing out on our, on our young people. Um, And we've yet to find out exactly what we'll do to them. I mean, even just the birth control stuff, I've been, you know, reading up on it a lot lately and thinking about, about it a lot. I mean, there's so much we don't know about what birth control is doing to, uh, to women, you know, and these are hormones that are native to our bodies. uh, And there are in smaller doses too um than what people who transition experience so we have no idea what we're doing we have no idea and they have no idea what awaits them afterwards either so now now they have to pick those pieces up yeah um well the birth control conversation we should have as a whole separate episode oh yeah i definitely want to because there's so much there it's got everything it's got you know politics and censorship and okay. sex and yeah it's a it's 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 a good one it's a good topic so we'll we'll do that okay all right well i think this is pretty good we'll do some bonus content for the special people not that everybody's not special but yeah some this, people are uh, more special than others yeah right what was a yeah. what was the animal farm <laughs> some, some people <laughs> like, are was more equal than others yeah, yeah 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 um all right well it's election night are we not checking anymore maybe maybe in the bonus content we'll look at some of the returns and see okay if we have anything to say about that let's so, do that in the meantime, um, so remember please timeless. please rate and review if you like the podcast but don't rate and review if you don't like the podcast that's very crucial um, why would anybody do that people do that and it's so it's so mean it's so hurtful um, but really? please, please rate it. It's so it, it helps people find the show. So wherever you're finding this, if you like it, just leave us a quick review, leave us a quick uh, rating, and we will greatly appreciate it. And if you really, really appreciate it, um, you can join uh, our subscriber growing subscriber base and community um, at a special place.substack.com. Um, and what, $6 a month. It's nothing. Yeah. $6 a month. And you get, you get access to all kinds of bonus stuff where we, where we say all kinds of shit. (laughs) Oh yeah. If you want to cancel us, that's what you should do. That's what you should do. You should, um, hate subscribe to our, to our podcast. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, all right. Until next time. See you in hell. See you in hell. Just remember there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. (laughs) 